Welcome back to the Doctor Who Flashcast. I'm Jason Snell. Thank you to Dan Morin for sitting in for me last week. I'm back uh, to talk about Episode 7 of Series 9 of Doctor Who, The Zygon Invasion by Peter Harness. Joining me to talk about it this week, my guest is Mr. Glenn Fleischman. Hello. Hello there. Good to have you. Pleasure to be back. here. You, you, were, you were one of our uh, season premiere uh, panelists. Now rotating back around. It's true. I I return. Like the Zygons. Yes. Just when you've forgotten about me, I come back. Like the Zygons. So this is an episode. So Peter Harness wrote Kill the Moon last year. You did that episode. I didn't because I was watching a baseball game. Yeah, I had a clever – that's right. An episode with that was both – had plot inconsistencies but also in really weird stuff but also some really interesting moral hmm. dilemma. Yeah, that was – by far my least favorite episode of last season, but we're yeah, not going to yeah. relitigate that one. Um, Zygon Invasion, though, Peter Harness uh, wrote it. It is interesting in that it is, uh, uh, you know, it, it is a follow-on from the 50th anniversary episode. The 50th mm-hmm. anniversary episode ended with this whole idea that the Zygons were going to get along with people and they were going to live on Earth and there was a, a you know, a, a negotiated treaty and then it was never spoken of again. Well, I gotta, I gotta stop for a second too. Is how many species are there living quietly and secretly under assumed identities under the earth? The, the Silurians are deep under the earth. The Zygons are intermixed. Uh, I, I, I can't even think offhand, but I think there are other species from other series, uh, of Doctor Who and other even episodes that yeah. where, like, there's just like, in fact, it turns out that most people on the planet are not actually are. human. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think <laughs> Men in Black taught us that that's yeah, the add case. it all up. That's right. Yeah. It's all mostly all of us are aliens in the end, Glenn. Aren't turns we? Out, turns out we're all hybrids. It turns hybrids. hybrids. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so so this is about this is about the Zygons, and uh, we uh, we we have uh, Osgood who died in the season finale last year, killed by the by uh, the master, killed by Missy. Um, but she's here, hiding from a Zygon, and sending a message to the Doctor. And, of course, it does make sense, since she was duplicated by a Zygon in the 50th anniversary, that this would be the way to get the actress back on the show, is that uh, if she had a Zygon duplicate, then there were two of her running around, and that, that uh, this episode makes that point. But the Doctor gets gets, uh, gets her message, and um, it, it, then there's a, uh, there's a crazy scene where he goes to a, like a playground and talks to a couple of oh, seven-year-old yeah. girls... Well, let's let's stop for a second though, which is the uh, so I'm not clear on the Zygon rules. Okay, okay. well neither th- neither is anyone because they actually explain that the rules are different now and there are exactly and there are so, new rules later on. So what I couldn't even tell at the beginning in that like like the let's recap with the two Osgoods, uh, one dressed in a uh, Doctor Who jumper covered in question marks, of course, yes, yes. Uh, and the other wearing a uh, Tom Baker scarf. Uh, so equal fan. Apparently they're both fans of the both, Doctor. Which both is fans, nice. yes. Uh, but um, you know, so the Zygons have a great have a story in this continuity that their planet was destroyed. So the doctors often said, you know, hey, your planet's destroyed. If you decide not to kill people or take over, we can talk. We can figure something out. And that was sort of at some level the resolution of the Silurian conflict in a previous series was that. And, uh, you know, came even uh, the very first um, the renewal of the series uh, when you had uh, uh, Peter Eccleston with the uh, Christine 
Christopher uh, Eccleston. Oh, sorry, Christopher Eccleston. Peter Blarvor. Yep. Uh, the uh, yeah, the nesting consciousness uh, was called right. They that um, yep. he said, look, you know, and they, he, they were uh, victims of the time war. They were a higher race and a higher species, and we, that comes up again and again during the time war uh, continuity. And he's like, look, you know, look, we can figure it out. Just calm down. And they're like, oh, wait, what's this? This poison that will destroy you all? Well, never mind about that. And that comes up in this episode too. That apparently there was a. A similar Zygon poison, but but uh, I guess my point is that uh, you know they're coming from a place where uh, they've sort of been invited in the sense that not invited. I guess they've been you know this truce was set. But what I can't figure out in the rules is they said there's uh, was it twenty million now uh, on Earth or thirty million, 20 something million? like that. And um, I can't figure out if what they were saying was that they duplicated existing people. Or yeah. – and, mo- and most of them were in England. So suddenly yes. England has an influx of people and are they twins of other people already yes. in England? And isn't that confusing? I did not understand that. Yeah. So I would say – and I do have an answer for you. But I would say oh, that that's one of the issues with this episode. And I'm not going to say it's one of the problems with this episode because I think it is a uh, a storytelling technique that has some validity, which is to just – you know drive ahead and when you've got a complicated backstory and they get they do a little setup with a with a flashbacks at the beginning and, and uh, let people sort of figure it out as you go and a lot of the details don't matter but if you look, think of it uh, and look very closely you can notice them and so in some ways i appreciate that because it's not hand holding the audience and the audience can has to struggle maybe to keep up a little bit and that may not be ideal but it may be better than the alternative mm-hmm. i i think the answer is when you see um, Kate Stewart go to New Mexico, go to Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, and um, uh, you see all the signs that say like "No British." Yes, um, I think that is making clear the implication that the Zygons duplicated English people, or oh, then dispersed, and then dispersed to various parts of the world as essentially refugees or resettlement, and that part of Unit's plan was basically to move them out throughout the Earth. Um, so that they could settle and lead their lives, at, you know, as as people, as, as humans, essentially, um, in order to give them some, you know, some place to to live. But they were duplicating English people, right. so they sent them out, and some of them ended up in camps in fake uh, countries, and others ended up in New Mexico and presumably all over the world. Right, and that's that. Uh, this is the echoes of contemporary political struggle. Is that I like, don't hey. even think echoes. <laughs> yeah, I know it's like, hey, we got twenty million refugees, and we need to find places to stuff them in. And the refugees are not happy about it either. And uh, in this case, you know, they, the, Syria still exists as a country, not the one that people want to go back to uh, at the moment. But uh, but the planet for the Zygons is gone. They have nowhere to go. They have nowhere to go at all. Um, although some of them end up in Turmesistan, which is a you know, but generally places that end in Stan are, are have turmoil in them. But uh, this is a fake one. Um, all right, I got you off topic, but I was trying to make sure I didn't misunderstand something. No, I, I think that's the implication. But again, I think they're I duplicates. Think, it, I, it's a world without Facebook, apparently, I, because even though Facebook exists in that world, because I would think it'd get confusing when twenty million people had doppelgangers. Well, you know, but. there was a story uh, yesterday I saw uh, on, or maybe it was even this morning on Twitter about a, a guy who went on an airplane and sat down <laughs> next to a guy who looked exactly like him. I saw, I saw that picture. Right? So you know, there's there's Uh-oh. doppelgangers. Doppelgangers are around. Wait a minute, Occam's razor. That means that guy was a Zygon. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. we well, found it go. out. We it's so all over. so before we get to to sort of Sorry. synopsizing the plot, I I I think this is one of the things about this entire episode is that it moves fast. On one level, it's just kind of this action story that's happening. On another level, yeah, there's a lot of political commentary going on. There is a lot of complexity in the mechanics of the storyline that is there. I think if you look for it, but the the, the show doesn't care. If you don't get it, like I, I think, and I think it reminded me a little bit of um, Farscape. I bring this up from time to time. That, oh. that Farscape, a very interesting show, but also I felt like a very non-American show, and especially that was quirky because it was it was shot in Australia and had some American producers and and, and uh, an American actor. But um, there were Farscape episodes where I, you know it went like. 30 minutes before I realized what was happening because they basically didn't tell you the beginning of the story because it wasn't worth it. And it's like, you'll get it or you won't and it won't matter. And I feel like, like, uh, like the Zygon invasion, I almost called it terror of the Zygons, which Mm -hmm. is the 1975. Uh, I think it's like that. I don't, I don't think it, it is ever not sure what story it's telling. I don't think it's fibbing. I don't think it's trying to hide the plot. I think it just kind of doesn't care about the details because it's, it cares more about the moments. And I think that's valid. I could see why it would drive some people crazy. And I had a few moments where I'm like, no, what exactly are they trying to say here? But, you know, I, I think it's, I, I think it's interesting to tell a story that way. And, you know, I think if they, they slowed down for the plot, it would probably get really yeah. boring. Yeah, and I love I love not knowing what's going on as long as I feel like I'm in good hands. And I felt like I was a little confused about what they were trying to convey. I felt it could be yeah. clearer if you're going to put in an exposition video at the beginning, like here's what happened. So those of you who forgot, you didn't watch that episode, uh, day that right? That everybody watched. Yeah. But and I, just I, to I, remind I, no, you, it's yeah. true. And it's also I think you know I'll, I'll point out. I think I've mentioned this before. Day of the Doctor is one of my favorite mm-hmm. things in the modern. I've, I watch it every couple months because it's so. Perfect and funny and wonderful. And I think the Zygon part of it is perfect because it's not the A story. It's like right. practically the C story. Uh-huh. But it's but it's a critical element in this wonderfully intricate but not absurd plot because it all wraps around itself. So I'm just glad to see I'm, – I'm thinking, you know, they usually leave things alone. Something happens. The Silurians are sleeping under the earth and you forget about them, right? Uh, and in this case, they're trying to say, okay, look, well, what did yeah. happen there? That's kind of a complicated thing we did. What if we readdress that? But I felt they could have been clearer in saying 20 million Zygons, they all duplicated existing people. We had to hide them all over the place so that they would could yeah. blend in. And we had, you know, relocation teams. But the reason that one Zygon or one human could make things go pear shaped is because they were duplicating people who already existed. Mm-hmm. And if they, I mean, I hate being handheld also. But I felt that missing piece, man, I just didn't understand exactly what the rule was as it changed. Yeah, and I would say I feel the same way about the fact that there's a, a revolution going on, that there's mm-hmm. a younger generation of Zygons, apparently, who are not – I mean, I totally get it. Like, we're Zygons. We're not humans. We don't want to be humans. We want to be ourselves. We didn't sign this peace agreement. And mm-hmm. they And they say early on, like, you know – there's good and bad in all of us. It's uh, like, like the song says, and, <laughs> and, um, and, uh, you can't just generalize about a species. And I thought that was good. And yet yeah. I, I never really got a handle on the, the internal workings of the, of the Zygons and why they were really, why the, why the dissidents were really trying to start trouble. It just, it felt like it, it was. It was there, but again, I felt like I I could have used a little bit more of that. That it was, well, that it was yeah. like they just didn't want to tell that story. So they're like, yeah. Suffice it to say, some of them are unhappy, and they're going to have a revolution I, now. I think that's okay. And, excuse me. I think that's okay. And I think they set it up to say that I think making it appear to be on a knife edge 
you know, one person could mess this whole truce up, then it's like, well, all you need is, you know, a thousand out of 20 million who are like, right. screw this. We're and, Zygon. We're not human. We're going to live on our own. And the only way to do it is to kill all humans. And, and that, that gets to the, the second <laughs> and, and, and more direct, I think, parallel of this, which is that this is also a story about assimilation and <sighs> people resisting assimilation and how the resistance of assimilation can lead to radicalization and there is no i mean this is this is not <laughs> no this is not points. a light parallel this is about yeah, yeah. people who are muslims living in western society and being told to fit in and then having younger people say well what if i want to be myself and then also having the specter of a rogue you know radical element that is trying to radicalize the population and I wow, that is kind of a whole lot to put in Saturday evening family TV, but there it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So bold move, Peter Hart. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. It yeah. was it was overt, but it was it was well presented in that context. Yeah, and 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 again, I love. We still haven't talked about the the plot in detail, but um, I love the treatment of the Zygons here because the Zygons are they're they're monsters, right? They're monsters from the seventies. They're a Doctor Who monster, and this episode. Uh, keying off the 50th in a way that is kind of funny um refuses to treat them as monsters they are right, they, they are look monstrous no they, they they look monstrous right but and they've got powers and they can do cre- creepy things with them but the, everybody's the, got lightning but, bolts now but the point is yeah it's true <laughs> the point is that uh there are good ones and bad ones and um and and that and like just like humans and I think that's really interesting to say this isn't about the Zygons taking over. This is about a war uh, among dissidents who don't want to remain on Earth with the rest of the Zygons and they kind of are going to screw it up for everyone else. Um, that's that is really interesting to me that that um, because it's you know, this is the scope problem. It's the same as like a Star Wars movie that says, well, this planet is a forest and this planet is is ice and this planet is a yes. desert. It's like we live on a planet with all of those things. Planets probably have lots of those things, not just one ecology. But I think we do that with like aliens and TV shows, too, where it's like, well, they're all like this. It's like, man, I don't know. I don't think that's true. So well, that's still, what they're saying here. And they still set them up with the all the monster tropes, which is fascinating. You have them going, I am this. Blah, yeah, you know, well. and, and stuff, gelatinous stuff coming off them and, and making the facial expression being so intense and angry. But then like when he encounters the two little girls who are the high command, they're like, look, we got this under control. And they don't. But we have this under control, right. so you know, back off. As opposed to you are the humans always are. The, it's like no, no. We this is an internal problem. We've got it under control, and which they didn't. Well, and and the um the moment to to get back to the 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 political uh and, and human rights parallels that are happening here. I really like later on when the when when they ask uh, Osgood um, if she's the Zygon or the human. And that that's really like, you know, yeah. but tell you, are you really with us or against us? Are yeah. you, you know, are you, do you really believe this or not? It's one of those questions that there probably is an answer, but you shouldn't ask it and it shouldn't matter. And right. I think that was really, I think that was really good. Like, you know, it, 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 and that, that feeds into those, those parallels too. It's like, it, it really doesn't matter what I believe really doesn't matter who I am because, you know, you should not ask that question because I'm a person. <laughs> and that, I thought that was really good. The, the little girls, um, 
that's a really nice moment with the doctor where you're not clear <laughs> you're not clear whether um he is going to be found out to have been i i think you're you're led to believe that that um they're gonna be like this strange man was talking to us but oh, instead yeah. when they reply it's super chilling because they are totally the zygons in disguise it, it's like that bit i love the bit in day of the doctor where david Tennant is yelling at the rabbit he says and you're just a rabbit yeah. aren't you it was here. a little i expected that might be what happened and and some you know two dogs come up uh, and say no no we're the zygons <laughs> um and he says you're little blobby things and you're hiding and that's all re- that's all re- really great but uh, and and they say they are our children and we will deal with them. So the idea here is, again, it's this is not a human problem. This is a Zygon problem. We are going to take care of it. We're the ones who made this deal. We're the ones who are in charge. We're going to make it happen. But they're kidnapped and then they're killed, but they're killed very carefully because they look like little girls. So first off, they're Zygonated. Yes. yes. <laughs> and then they're turned into a little uh, electric hairball. What is it they yell? They yell. It was almost a, 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 a Dalek thing. It was like, reconfigure. Reconfigure, yeah, whatever. something it was. like that. Yeah, reversion, revert. It was weird, yeah. and then they. I just wrote down that they're zygonated. I made up that the, word, but yeah, the, uh, that's that's exactly it. And then they're killed because you can't show a little kid getting killed. So you see that they're actually a zygon, oh, and then they're killed. No, you're told that's good. That's right? good. That's exactly like the uh, the first um, uh, Matt Smith episode where uh, Prisoner Zero they. Uh, they had to have him revert from the mother and two children before they zapped him away. Exactly, exactly. Because otherwise, it's sort of like why did why did they kill those why little, did little girls? Why, why did they kill? Why did so there's a there's a terrorist hostage video of Osgood, which again, this is not a this is not a subtle uh, parallel. This is an, they they are radicalized, uh, uh, essentially Zygon terrorist in Turmesistan, fake fake Stan. Um, and uh, they're holding her hostage. Um, meanwhile, the doctor keeps calling Clara and getting the voicemail message that I'm either on the tube or in outer space. This happens repeatedly to the point where he finally leaves her a voicemail message saying, I think you really ought to change your voicemail message. It's getting boring. <laughs> um, and she finds that she has 127 missed calls on her yes. iPhone, which also made the- me laugh. Like where was she that that many calls came in? I don't I don't buy that part. But I don't know. I think some. I think the question is she. First off, he may be dialing her frantically, and 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 then also I think maybe sometimes she just chooses not to pay attention to him. Like she's not ready for him yet. I don't know. It's true. I I hate to say this, but you know the the younger generation thing reminded me of Zardos. There's no second the, level here. The, the older generation makes a plan. The younger generation yep. rebels against rebels against it. the it's, plan. It's, it's true. A, a plot as old as time. Life itself. is like Zardoz, Glenn. Um, oh, sorry. True. So, so Clara at her apartment finds this kid who's sitting on the stairs and is upset um, and says he has no parents. But she goes to the apartment and the parents are there. And of course, it's obvious that this is Zygons or something like that. And yeah. they're like, No, 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 we'll take him. And it's super creepy. Um, then she then she walks out of the apartment and looks totally unperturbed and by it. I'm sure which, it's fine. At the, well, this is the thing. Like, so there's the, you know, there's the there's the, the the spooky twist at the end. Yes. But I recall, uh, I am not a genius. I didn't think she was. Repl- I actually thought she was actively not replaced because I thought they were. I thought that would be too, not too obvious, but I thought it didn't make sense in the context of the plot. And then when they revealed it, I was like, right. oh, I kept telling myself that I'm misunderstanding something. Like that bit where they're like, let's go back. I need to get something from my apartment. I'm like, that is the weirdest thing to say. Yeah. And the unit person is like. Okay, let's okay. just – the two of us should go without any mm. other people. We'll go. Sure. So I kept seeing those things and thinking like Clara is kind of weird in this episode and, you know, yeah, uh, I, I, can't, I can't give myself credit I, for thinking that she's been swapped. I thought she got swapped when they went in the elevator the first time to the weird place that's like where the – below where the elevators are. Uh, yeah. I thought maybe that was where, where it happened. But I, I figured she probably did because like when the, they did the two-parter with the flesh – 
Yeah. And there was a flesh doctor. It's like, you can't have this set up and not do that, right? Because that's uh. the whole point of, 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 of doing it. So that was, that was, um, that was interesting. Um, we cut back to the doctor. He calls himself Dr. Disco at this point. <laughs> for, for whatever reason. Sure. Uh, well, and l- later he calls himself Dr. Funkenstein. <laughs> Which is also fun. This doctor, and he's playing he's playing the electric guitar again when he gets like the that. message. I, I think it's, yeah, it's really kind of cool. And it, it, this is, Peter Capaldi basically like William Hartnell's age when he took over, when he yeah. started as the doctor. And it's like, Peter Capaldi, you know, this is not an old man doctor. This is the sunglasses, you know, he, he's got the gray hair and he's an older guy, but he's got the sunglasses and he's playing the electric guitar. And I think that is a lot of fun. No, I think it's – I enjoyed the continuity of that. I thought that was like a throwaway thing when they introduced him playing yeah. the guitar originally. And then it's like, no, this is actually – it's something he does. Last, he actually – he relaxes. You never see yeah. the doctor relax. Last year this he was doing he frantic um, uh, chalkboard things the whole season. And yeah, this year he's right. wandering around with his electric guitar. That's sure. what he does. That's awesome. He's got time. Clara doesn't live. The other thing is, he's got stuff that he gets to do. It's like, um, it's like a boyfriend and a girlfriend who live in the same town, but they haven't yeah. moved in together yet. Yeah. Clara, because she keeps her distance, because she's got her own place, and she makes him come and get him. She hasn't moved into the TARDIS. She doesn't travel around with him that way. She wants to stay grounded. Oh, I like a- that. As a result, he's got that bachelor part of him too, where he's not always with her, oh, and that's interesting too. I I like a shoulders comment in the previous episode where she said it takes ten thousand hours to get good at something, hundred thousand hours on the best in the world. It's like you know that is an excellent point what a nice little throwaway line that explains you know that, that explains so much about the doctor as right. well as the shoulder yeah shoulder yeah um okay so uh there's a nice line in here where um where unit says to the doctor you've left us with an impossible situation doctor and he says yeah it's called peace which is as doctory a thing and, th- and th- this is sort of his point is you guys yeah. are military and you've got the guns and that means you want to use the guns and my job is to basically say no we're not going to do that we are going to try to find a better path we're going to try to find another way out of this and um i really uh, that is that is the doctor's character i think in a nutshell and I, I i really enjoy the way that it's it's stated in that line and in a few other places in this episode yeah and and then we say i agree and then we segue into this funny thing which is it's like uh, remember the uh, impossible astronaut and uh day of the moon where suddenly they have like they're all over the place there's all these sets they go to america there's like yeah. all this stuff going on and they're like okay let's split up and do three different things (laughs) they split into three so so the the doctor goes and finds the zygon command location where Mm -hmm. there is a control polyp which i enjoyed that and and he's you've got to to massage and he's touching it and and clara's got the you know you to want to be alone kind of moment there and he again referencing the 50th anniversary says i snogged a zygon once uh, all that but it it is that is a that is a scene that is uh it's one of i think two very very clear tributes to terror of the zygons Mm. uh the robert Banks Stewart episode. That, oh yeah, I've still got it. Right, he says so. He's done it before. Whatever, right. So so that that the art direction of that whole thing is very mm-hmm. much like the in Terror of the Zygons. There are a lot of like things happen in Scotland and then cut away to dark TV studio somewhere where a man in a rubber suit has is doing things. Uh, you know, right. And but but it looked kind of like this. I, I I felt like that was a really nice tip of the cap. And the other reference later is the um and you mentioned it the nerve gas that yeah. uh, they say in the seventies or eighties because that's a running joke joke that uh, those episodes are imprecisely dated sometimes they're 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 set when the show aired and other times they're set oh, in the future of the 80s right. and so so, so uh 
Doctor Who writers today like to mention that it's confusing and they don't really know whether it was the 70s or the 80s. But um, they're referencing that here, that they actually came up with a way to destroy the Zygons and uh, and uh, they don't have it anymore because the Doctor took it away. Because yeah, again, the doc- that's the Doctor. The Doctor's always taking away weapons. When we meet Captain Jack Hart- Harkness, he has this bit about like, oh yeah, the weapon factory was destroyed in you know the 39th century or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I know, it was there. Or some, some yeah, comment there's, there's, like that. Like, yeah, there's yeah. a banana grove there now. I like bananas. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> good so, memory. So that's oh yeah, that's a that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah, I, I love that. Uh, the the weapons factory of Villengard. Now there are bananas there. Yeah, very good. Oh uh, yeah. Oh that's a that's a great episode. That's I like that. Too. Um. So the ex- explanation here: there's a live link of Osgoods. Mm-hmm. They are they are a hybrid essentially. They are two they are two people that are connected together. And that she was very upset when one of them died. The other one, the, her sister. But but it 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 shows that they are um. That that in this case they're attached. They're like the bridge. They're like the ambassadors, uh, f- and they're uh, they're kind of the representation of oh. this. We see the we see that box at the beginning, and this idea like this is the representation of the peace treaty. Essentially, yeah, like, is the what's Oscars. in that box? Mm-hmm. We don't know. What no, and box. it's at the very beginning of the episode, yeah. so that we'll forget about it by the end. I know of the it's episode. it's beautiful. That's like such mm-hmm. a mystery device too. It's like this thing. Yeah. We're going to show it to you. It's super important. Forget yep. about it. <laughs> I also like the fact that, you know, they talk about it there and then um, at near the end of the episode, it's like she's the embodiment of the truth. She's sort of out-doctored the doctor. Like she is – she's transcended even the kind of thing he wants and that she won't tell him. She doesn't even trust him or need to to the level because she's actually abstracted her need for – um, you know, justice to – for both races. Mm-hmm. That's neat. That's uh, – you don't see people be – this is one thing – Tiny sidebar about the Doctor Who universe. It's so rare to find a species that acts as acts nobly. Mm. And sometimes they're individual members of a species, but almost every race you encounter, something goes terribly wrong or the Doctor has to redeem them. Every once in a while, you meet somebody you're like, wow, that person is actually sort of like along the lines of the Doctor. That's actually a generous, um, you know, uh, 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 race. And, mm. um, and so Osgood is one of the few times you see somebody else you know, step up to that level without the doctor having to have taken them there. Yeah. And, and this is, this is very clearly a story about, uh, groups on both sides that would really rather just fight. It's easier to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the doctor and some of his friends trying to find ways to prevent that from happening because the bulk of people don't want to get in a war, right? The, the, most of the Zygons are probably happy. I think that's the implication to live out their lives on Earth as they are, but there's yeah. this small group that's not. And likewise, you know, among the humans that they're the ones who are like, no, 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 we need to bomb them. And, uh, and then, and then there are others that don't want to do that. And so, well, this is we, one of the things that's that. actually problematic with this whole thing: is do, are they allowed to reproduce, or are they just supposed to die out? You know. And then I think we're starting to see some. Well, they've got of that the too. they've got the pods, right, or whatever. Yeah, and there's the, there's that are. that question. I mean, they had their eggs, and I, I think that's I think it's a good question. It is. Yeah. Um, Actually, a comic. There's a comic I read called Invincible that has a very similar plot line where mm. there is a, a small group of people who have superpowers and they want they're aliens and they want to keep their race alive and through and they're they're kind of bad but through a, a, a negotiation they're basically allowed to live on a planet and reproduce within the um the the regular population mm-hmm. um, with the idea being that kind of eventually there will be as many of them as there are of the native species uh, which is kind of like and it's a it's a very slow invasion but at the same time it was it's it's kind of hard to say no because they are otherwise they're going to go extinct so it's a it's a it's a very slow invasion which is you know i think maybe what 
would happen with the Zygons on Earth, or they maybe they would, you know, I don't know whether they would do that or they'd die out, or that that seems unclear to me. But mm-hmm. but it, it seems like whatever it was, it was it was agreed upon, and everybody, you know, uh, most of them were okay with it for a while. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention truth or consequences. They mentioned that, and I thought, is that an? I actually had the whole is that an English saying because that was a TV show, and then they and then there was the town that took it yeah. from the TV show, and then Clara does exactly that. She says, "Oh, I was you know I learned a lot of things for Trivial Pursuit, which made me laugh, and <laughs> and that this is one of them is that yeah. that was a that's a, it actually is a town in New Mexico, and it's named for a TV show, which is absolutely true. And um, nice because she's leading them along. Later, you realize yes. she's leading them along. She's putting out breadcrumbs. I wonder. Um, I wonder where they shot the the New Mexico stuff. Yeah, because it it looked drier than any place in England. But I haven't read anything about if they if they shot that in Spain, like where they've shot a bunch of the Western stuff, right. or whether it was just kind of some CGI. It seemed pretty much in camera, so it didn't seem that. Or whether they took like Gemma Redgrave and a couple of people and flew them to the U.S. to to shoot a few scenes. Yeah, it's all B unit. Notice, yeah, I mean, this is I don't know if we're at that point in the plot, but I was like, she went on her own. She went <laughs> yeah. on her own. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I know. I mean, there's a throwaway line where uh, where uh, the scientist, the uh, unit scientist says, uh, uh, oh, there aren't very many of us. Like, we don't have very many troops because we don't know who can be trusted. Uh, so it's a very, I mean, or she said something like that. So it was really clear. Like, they don't know how many of the troops are actually, you know, uh, were duplicated. So that's, right. and I think that's reasonable. So they have, but they don't talk about a test. There's no like, uh, like the thing test to figure out whether someone is a Zygon or not. So I'm not sure. That's just assumed, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they flew her out and they did some taping in a in a set. I've been up in uh, Taos, and you know, I've been in Santa Fe and Taos, and I think uh, as you get towards Taos, you get out of Santa Fe, it gets pretty sear. So there may be some old uh, town they use for shooting out there, or maybe out, you know between Albuquerque and Santa Fe. So it really could have been there. Yeah, or it could be if, something in but Eastern that, California near LA. Too. Yeah, but if that's if that's Wales, I don't believe it. Nah, I don't, the quality, of, <laughs> like the quality of light and the like, they didn't build uh, you know thirty buildings, and they did not look CGI. And the yeah. interiors could be whatever. Sure, uh, but the exteriors had that sense of American Southwest. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it's uh, the. Yeah, it's it's funny. Although she looks at a, a, a bulletin board at one point, and it's very clearly like the art department has said, "What things can we put up that are kind of an American-y <laughs> so that they'll appear to be American?" Uh, um, this is what I like about Miss Fisher's uh, murder mysteries. Is uh, you know, Melbourne. It's shot in Melbourne, and it takes place in Melbourne in the nineteen twenties. And what's hilarious is the amount of signage they create. It's all clean and perfect and fresh mm-hmm. and distinct. And you're like, they have this huge sign department trying to bring verisimilitude. Right. Um, uh, so let's see, what, what do we, what do we have? So the, the, so they the split into threes, right? They split into threes. Um, I like the line about that. I'm, I'm trying to protect the town from the scary monsters and also the Zygons. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that, that's good. They tell, this is where the seventies, eighties invasion reference is. Um, they go back and to, to Clara's apartment and find the goo behind the elevator panel. And we see the like weird kind of space. There's, I guess they say they're tunnels or something. This is, this is one of those things that it was never really quite clear to me what, where they were or what we were seeing. But that, and, and then, and this is why I suspected that something was going on is then I feel like we don't see them again. They're like, they're back yeah. after that. Like, so, so that was just like their reconnoiter. And then they went back to report. Um, the doctor, yeah. meanwhile, is being taken 
when Dr. Funkenstein is being taken to Termezistan. Oh, yeah, because it turns out he's still the president of the world. Yeah, he's the president of the world as far as unit is concerned. I guess that's right. He gets the plane, which is, which is, which is fun. And, um, but they're, and they're bombing a village, but the drone pilot sees her family on the front porch of one of the buildings oh, on, the dro- so on the drone on the drone camera so, so and this is this is also one of those like zygon direct ground rules has changed because now they can like read people's minds or read people's thoughts and like yeah, yeah. become duplicates of them uh, or, or or of what they see in their minds did, which was did, sort of the new rules of the zygons. this reminds you of uh, uh opening of war games right the um i mean a little bit where they have their uh, they she's found... being told to bomb and yeah. she just can't she, she just can't, can't do it, it. And, and, their yeah. case, they couldn't destroy the world with. And it happens weapons. later with the with the agent who's got the gun on his mother, who's come out of the church, and he can't. <sighs> so he just can't good. shoot her. And I kept sitting there God. thinking, just shoot her in the leg, you yeah. know, shoot her in the in the shoulder. You could or you could punch shoot her. her. Yeah, you could you could do something with your not your clearly not your real mother to prove it one way or another that isn't just you either go into the church with her and she turns you into an electric hairball or you kill her. There's Dr. probably Funk. a middle ground, but no, there's no, there's no time Dr. for Dr. Funkenstein and the electric hairballs. Yeah, that's, the, <laughs> that's, that's about it. If we titled these episodes, that could be the uh, title. Yeah, and I mean, this actually, the uh, the uh, bit with the uh, Osterhagen key is that too, is like, you know, all these people like, like okay, we're going to blow everything up, we're going to kill people, and they show that moral, you know, the moral issue, but the Zygons are able to exploit that feeble human weakness so so, so the doctor goes in after the mom turns into an electric hairball the doctor uh, the doctor goes into the and through the back door which i thought was really weird like you'll yeah. be at the front door we'll be at the back door like, and we'll just listen to you here. all die and then yeah. we'll go inside and there's nobody left except the electric hairballs um they but, really fast yeah and that he, was like but he hears cut, yeah cut, that that was that that seemed overly simplified and then osgood's yeah. just under the floor they left her somewhere where you could hear yeah. her that that seemed like a really kind of convenient. Although was that a trap? Because then there was a Zygon left behind. Who, when he finally rescued her, there was a Zygon right, right there to try to take care of them. That's true. And then All, they bombed uh, and crushed, crushed by beams. I also want to bring this up. I mean, I mentioned this earlier. This is like the uh, the problem with modern superheroes. Those, you know, every time I was watching one of the. Um, Justice League reboots, and all of a sudden, Wonder Woman starts to fly. And I'm like, what? when did Wonder Woman start to fly? When did she, could she fly? When can Wonder Woman fly? So, like, all superheroes eventually are able to fly in some fashion is what it feels like. And in Doctor Who universe, it's like, all, and maybe all of um, science fiction, like, alien beings have the ability to mm. shoot electrically, electricity beams in some, fa- their eyes, yeah. their hands. Like, I don't like that plot device. I think it's too easy. So, you know, die, Rory. They have a, na- like, yeah, they have, like, have a natural um, sting well, or something in it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, just I don't, I, don't I agree with you. Maybe they should just have like a big stick that they also, whack, whack when they kill, with. Also, when they kill the Zygon leaders, there's a hairball. The Zygons don't seem to have hair. Makes more sense for humans. I'm done. I'm done with my rant. All right. All right. Well done. <laughs> um, the uh, so so when they talk to Osgood, we get some we get some interesting detail. Uh, uh, oh, there's also a a, um, a nice line before that about how uh, Clara says everybody middle aged thinks the world is about to end, but it never ever does. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I think that that's actually nice. even though it's yeah she's a duplicate later we find out. Um, it, I think that's kind of wise, although I knew immediately that she later would say that it's the end of the world. Yeah, you, you ever you say get, that. You got to turn it around. But I think that actually is a very good uh, and true statement. Oh, that, oh, I want to point something out to the uh, the Zygons uh, fooling the soldiers. Uh, I, I was reading a synopsis to go back through the details after watching it. And someone pointed out, I knew it was familiar, that idea, the third expedition by Ray Bradbury in the Martian Chronicles. Mm. Uh, that bit when they land. Oh yeah, they, yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's a good. It's not a ripoff. It's it's more of a. It's really an homage. 
I mean, I don't think it's, it's not like one for one, but I was like, I know I've seen something yeah. like this and it creep, it had that extra level. The reason that I think like illusion is good, it creeps you out or it, it like trick, tickles neurons underneath the neurons mm. that you're watching. So I was like, this is extra creepy because I kind of know how this story ends, but I don't know what they're going to do to twist it here. Right. In the end, they're like, nope, we're on this strange place and they look like and we can't do it and we're just going to go to our deaths. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so the Osgood doctor, uh, interaction is great uh he calls her out on the fact that she's wearing um uh his his yeah. his outfits right and we, we've noticed this from first time we saw her in the tom baker scarf and now she's got the the jumper with the question marks on it and she's got the 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 shirt with the question marks on the on the collar um and she so says nice you used doctor. to you used to wear question marks all the time why don't you to which peter capaldi says oh i still do i've got question mark underpants <laughs> that was very funny like um, that's really great. And then he says, which one are you? And she says, I, you know, I, it doesn't matter. I am the peace. I am the, I am the peace that I'm the sig, I signify the peace between human yeah. and Zygon. And then she says, uh, or maybe the doctor says, but the, the word hybrid is said here. And, and we have to stop for a moment and say, there's been an awful lot of talk about hybrids this season, like Every episode has talk about hybrids, and I don't know what that means other than that this seems to be a thread that is going throughout the season. That, it's, that, a ba- it's our bad wolf this season. Yeah. But the thing that I wonder, and I know that's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen, but you sort of think like, are they going to bring back Donna? Well, no, that doesn't make any th- sense. They're going to bring back Donna uh, to the Big Finish audio adventures where she's doing some oh, episodes good. with David Tennant, but she's good, not going to be on the TV show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, right, this, but they talk so much about it. You're like, well, we have the biggest hybrid in the entire but there's, show. But there's, lots, but there's lots of other... I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think this is a foreshadowing more than anything. I don't think... I, maybe a little like Bad Wolf. Um, uh, I, I think there's a foreshadowing that hybrid stuff is going to happen later. And when viewed from, from the end of the season, you're going to be like, oh, wow. It was really all about hybrids. And of course, hybrid is a combination of two parts. And every episode in the season is a two-part episode, oh, too. Oh, so nice little meta observation. There's lots of that going on here. But I'm interested to see where they go because it was just last week that I I was thinking um, hybrid. There's an awful lot of hybrid talk going on and this week when they said the word hybrid, I was like, hybrid! Hybrid! There it is again! So something is going on. When Davros mentioned it, it seemed kind of out of place and weird but you're like, all right, well, but we've had uh, we've had Dalek human hybrids on multiple occasions, right? In the the Dalek episode Mm -hmm. with uh, Eccleston, when Rose touches a Dalek, like he absorbs some of her her DNA. And then of course the the terrible episode set in Manhattan. Yes, exactly that. And they make that not only is that Dalek part human that become I forget which one is not Dalek. Uh, Dalek Sec? Yeah, I think that's right. And then they make human, uh, they make uh, uh, not human, but they're like human Dalek doctor hybrids because he touches the Dalekenium or whatever the heck it is yeah. uh, on the top of the tower. So we have a lot of history of uh, Dalek. And then, the, oh, the, uh, the Emperor Dalek has... Uh, Dalek Emperor has used human DNA in those episodes to, you know, to, to filter out, uh, all, was it all good things? No, what's the yeah, name of the, yeah. Like I mean, there's lots of Dalek so, human interaction. So what's the, yeah, 
I guess we'll we'll see, and whether it's Dalek related or if it's Missy related or if it is just a motif, and yeah, that it'll be there. something new but hybrid related for the for the the finale. Uh, I don't know. We're but. gonna see Missy. Missy, you know, my suspicion is it's gonna be Time Lord Dalek situation because Missy's still back there on Scarlet. Yeah, it could it could be last time last time we saw her. It could be, or it could be some revelation about the Time Lords themselves or about Missy herself or something. I don't know. The but genetic looms. There is no, some not the genetic uh, looms. no. Uh, no, so hi- hybrids, more hybrid talk, um, and the the new Zygon rules, by the way, are revealed here, which is they can kill their duplicate. Uh, they don't need in in the original series uh, episode. The idea was that they kept the the duplicates alive um, in order to access their memories and things like that. And the new the new rules are that you only need them if you need to get more information out of them. You need to interrogate them further for more detail. But you can walk away with whatever. They're a little more vampire like in that way. We but, saw that though in yeah. the in the day of the Doctor too, because. Yeah. Uh, they were ki- they were disconnecting from them. They were killing them. So there wasn't a continuous connection. I mean, they're in a room facing each right. other, you know, across the table. At one yeah, point. yeah. So I think I think this is a uh, like clarification, so people don't say, "Well, actually, yeah. in Terror oh, of the Zygons, it was yes. like no, no. This is what this is what it's like." So they find a bunch of Zygon pods, and Clara says, you, "You're right. It could be <sighs> the end of the world." Um, you know, cut to uh, the Doctor. There's a really nice line that I wrote down that was, "You are president of the world. We." want the world mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what do you want? well the all right yes. all right all right then so clara finds herself in a pod um and says i've seen this happen before we need to destroy them they kidnapped the originals it turns out so these are the humans and yeah, uh clara says nice, kill the traitors who are the traitors but they're not traitors they're just humans uh, well, unless there are Zygons among them, I think that's, I, I that think that's a question, right? Because the Zygons are the traitors. Is Zygons posing as humans. So the question is, are, are the, some of the people who are with them there Zygons, not humans? Uh, like are the, are some of the unit soldiers or whoever's there? It's unclear. I had that same thought. It's like, kill the traitors is a great line, but humans who are working for unit aren't really traitors. Um, so yeah. They're just betray, they're like, you know, betrayers or I don't know what they are, but enforcers. Yeah. I thought that was a great bit that she goes to a random pod, ostensibly random. You know, that's, that's one of those little coincidence things. You're like, oh, isn't that a great little setup that she happens to go to the one that has her in it? It's like, yeah. no, that was actually her intent. That's, she did that intentionally. It's stage okay. Crap. That's even better. I like that. Um, so, so that that's happening. Um, Clara turns out was duplicated when she found the 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 um, parents of the of the boy. The Zygon was there. She was uh, she was duplicated and taken away. Um, cutting back to uh, oh, the well, doctor. We, we already lose. By the way, we already lose the unit scientist who we've only met like we've seen her twice. Right? One yeah. of Missy parts. Yeah. And she's this, it's gone. like oh, I'm sorry. You were short. You're a short runner. You know, we didn't get learn very much about yeah. you, and this is why. Don't get involved. Don't get yeah. Uh, uh, but so the Zygon that they've got held captive that the doctor is talking to says we want to be acknowledged, which I think is an interesting mm-hmm. thing for for uh, an alien monster invader to say. It's like we want to be acknowledged. And so the invasion has already taken place over the last year, which I really like because, again, that's that slow invasion that we've been, you know, we can do this duplicate thing. This is not something that we're just starting now. We've already done it. It's a little like the end of Watchmen, right? Which mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Oh, you know, you can't I'm stop me. You I plan. already did it, yeah. right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not some cartoon villain. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
so that that's all good and then and then we cut to Kate Stewart in New Mexico and she gets the line from the sheriff which is you know how did this happen she says someone saw the briefest glimpse of a zygon in its proper form it was a child who hadn't preserved its body print properly uh, and we you know we and she says something about we had to do this or something she's like what do you mean we but it's very clear yeah. that she's talking in technical detail about zygon uh, biology because she is a zygon um and uh, there isn't any backup coming, is there? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a long. Well, it was also. It's still. I mean, I realize budget, plot, whatever. They didn't have enough soldiers, but I'm like, really? She went there entirely alone. Like, drove yeah. herself in a Range Rover. Units' fibers. budget is quite limited. They, 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 they're really rough with the budget. They don't get yeah, a lot of units funding. Units funded partly by ESPN. That's why. Yeah, that's right. They had to shut down large portions of unit. <laughs> um, but there, there is a nice, uh, I think, open to detail there where where you see uh, the Zygon is. Uh, Kate discovers that the, the the sheriff is the Zygon. We cut away, and then uh, Clara, who we now know is a Zygon. Um, is is talking to she gets a call or from uh, about about uh, North America and what's going on in North America with the Zygons and it's uh, it's Kate Stewart saying you know we've taken care of it so you're led to believe that she's she has been replaced duplicated by the Zygon she was talking to however of course Kate Stewart could also have killed the Zygon picked up her phone. And is acting as if North America yeah. has been taken care of. That's whenever just you out see there. That, yeah, whenever you see that, it's always the. I mean, they, they never set that up. It's 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 so obvious. I wish they would break out of that pattern because we know, you know. But it's also it's fitting a pattern. It's something we know. It's like it's how they tell the story. Um, oh, I should point out. I noticed this one of the sites that uh, I did. I did not see the thick of it, but uh, the woman who plays the uh, unit commander. Uh, yeah, she's Reba- she's the. She's the, um, yeah, she's oh. in the third season of The Thick of It. She replaces yeah. the sort of hapless MP for the first two seasons. <laughs> and people who've been watching TV recently will also recognize her. She is William Hurt's nurse uh, in Humans. The uh, She's Vera, the very stern uh, synth who is the nursemaid to uh, William Hurt's oh. character in Humans, which is a, a, a very good summer show. And she's she's a uh, and, and, and she has the same kind of demeanor in that where she's stern and uh, very serious, but uh, a nurse instead of a, I, uh, a military person. I thought she had a little of a nurse ratchet personality. Yeah, well, so I... you should if you haven't seen Humans, that's pretty much what she's doing there. Not seen this. Show she's a robot. Nurse, yeah, robot nurse ratchet, but still. She, she's a robot. Yes. Um, they call them synths, but she's definitely a robot. Um, robot or not? Yeah. So, <laughs> Sorry. so it always comes back to that, doesn't it? Um, so the last scene is uh, Doctor and Clara are talking on the phone. Um, and <laughs> she's kind of. You notice the gun she has has like a. It says something like transponder tracking. It's like stenciled on it. Yeah, and the um, and then she's got a rocket launcher. And yeah. it's very funny because, like, this this Zygon Clara um, wants to really rub the doctor's nose in it. So she calls him and tells him that – Oh, oh. No, no, wait. I think she calls him because the thing is a transponder tracking. She's doing it to get a signal. Oh, to get a signal using, to the doctor. Maybe. I could be wrong. But that's well, I what know. I thought they, they – you could see very clearly that it had some kind of technical jargon on it. That could be. So she she calls the doctor and um, and tells him that the plane isn't going to make it or the maybe the Zygon says the plane's not going to make it. So he's he's like, OK, well, they've got a plan for us. They're going to shoot us down. And uh, she's got the rocket launcher and she – but she has to rub his nose in it. So she says, oh, Clara yeah. is dead. Um, and I've got a rocket launcher here, and she shoots off the rocket launcher, and that's the end of the episode. Uh, although, as far as we know, Clara is not dead. 
No. Unless she killed her after they left. No, she's in a pod, and I think it's highly unlikely that Clara is dead. But um, because, you know, that would, what a way to go, right? But it's a good cliffhanger, and my understanding is that no, no, uh, next time on Doctor Who, uh, uh, trailer aired. Uh, That's, yeah, anywhere. I didn't see it. I watched the live, uh, BBC stream. Well, our uh, friends, our friends Erica and Stephen are in England right now, what? and they watched it on BBC One after thirty hours of travel, and uh, said that they. That I, I saw a tweet from them <laughs> that said that they were really excited by the episode and excited that uh, it had no next time trailer because nothing deflates a cliffhanger more than seeing that it will be resolved next week. And you know uh, it's going to be resolved next week, but it's like don't make don't don't show that to me. Let's just let a week pass where we wonder about how the doctor's going to. Uh, escape the rocket being shot at his plane and how Clara's going to get out of her pod and if uh, Kate Stewart is dead or alive in wow. New Mexico and all those other things that are that, happening. That, that uh, yeah, I got to believe that plane has some countermeasures because it was also mm. they tried to blow it up or, you know, they threw people out of it in the uh, in the Missy episode. Yeah, too. but the, the Cybermen the, were like yeah. ripping, ripping chunks out of it and stuff too. Uh, I uh, I hope Stephen and Erica are okay because you know they are sipping from the source. They're so close. I know it's unadulterated it Doctor Who. It might have driven them mad. It's possible. It's possible. It's but how can you not? I remember going to the, my first time in England. Uh, maybe it was my second time. Um, coupling was airing oh. uh, when I was there, and I yeah. thought, oh, this is great. I can watch it live when it airs. And it was airing on a digital channel that I, my hotel room did not get. Ah. <laughs> I was like, go. But uh, it is the idea of going to England, and it's Erica's first time. And, uh, so exciting. And she got to watch Doctor Who on BBC One on day one. That's that's awesome. And then and I'm and they are now sleeping. <laughs> and have, <laughs> have, have been bro, yeah. hope hope they get a good yeah, twelve hours sleep. But uh so overall, what'd you think of the Zygon invasion? I you know, uh I kinda the episode ended is kinda like meh and like the more even though it's only been a few hours since I watched it, I'm feeling a little more pro it because it the two part is always a pain because the first part it's all set up and they're setting up all these little traps for you. And if it's very cleverly written, then the second part, it, you know, it triggers all those things. You're like, oh, 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 you know. And so you're, you can't almost evaluate the first. It's so hard to judge a two parter. Yeah, we, so, we found that out in every, every oh, odd numbered episode this season of the Flashcast, too. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to judge. You can get a, you can get a vibe, but it's always like, well, are they going to pay this off or not? And it's hard to tell until they yeah. do. So I don't know. I thought there were a lot of good elements to it. I thought, I mean, I think the structure, it's the same thing about, uh, about, uh, kill the moon that I, you know, I didn't like a lot of the individual things in it, but I did like the moral issues raised and the, comp- like a few parts where it's like, you know, the complexity. I had the same feeling here where there's a lot of very clever ideas. There's some new information, some things I've never thought of or heard about. They're changing the rules of the game. So we're not, we can't just predict what's going to happen. Um, and it's uh, you know we you know we know the doctor is going to come of it alive. We know this is not the episode that Clara dies. I mean she's going to disappear later in the season unless they really pulled a yeah an incredible seems unlikely. Was, I think they'll give yeah. her a good send off. So, and I don't think they're going to kill off. Maybe they'll kill off Osgood again or do something you know. But yeah. I don't think Kate Lethbridge Stewart is about to. We're about so we we know all that. I mean that's the point of it's almost the not pantomime but it's. It's well, a setup where yeah, it's TV. We, they're not gonna yeah. they're not gonna radically change the status yeah. quo. And occasionally they do kill somebody, and that freaks us out. So they have us a little bit on edge. Like something could change. But we know, you know, we know. But I thought there was a lot that was that was clever and well set up, and and I felt this was shot. That's one of the reasons why it reminded me of uh, of uh, Day in the Moon and the Impossible Astronaut. Um, 
uh, they must be giants. Now, what is it called? Mm. A, day, a day of the moon? No. The day, day of the moon. Yeah. yeah I got and it the right. Impossible astronaut. What? Yeah, absolutely. You did. This is an unheard of. I would have corrected you if you were wrong. <laughs> unheard of. Um, but I felt like those were actually shot sort of lusciously. That scene where like Rory is running along the top of the dam and he's shot. Right. And very clever. And you know the CGI, the 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 zero energy bricks and what have you. So I felt I did like the fact that they were trying to give us. All of this, uh, you know, they're shooting on the playground. They're shooting in these weird, you know, the control room with the strange uh, pod. You know, then they're in a uh, the the weird like I want to hire the contractors that built uh, the uh, lifts that go down many many floors and without anyone knowing the lifts are going to be out of service, right? You know, they're building them in various apartments. They're saying because they're like all over London, these lifts exist. They work just like this. So because uh, the unit scientists had tracked them all. Uh, with uh, closed circuit television, but anyway, the, I I feel like they did a lot of really good setup. I felt like it was a very interestingly shot one. It was richer. It wasn't all you know. Was not in a in a, uh, <laughs> in a quarry in Wales. Yeah. Um. And I just hope they pay it off. So. That's yeah, it. and I I would I I agree. I would add that um I uh I like the Zygons, and I thought that it was fun to see them and see them treated as a race and not as a monster. I think yeah. that I think that's pretty cool. I think uh I I think it was a very clear um reference to a lot of the modern uh you know issues in our in our modern world without being like super heavy-handed but also without it being so abstract that uh it was uh you know obfuscated beyond a certain point it's like this is a very got a very clear parallel and it's got a point of view and i and i'm okay with that um and uh yeah so so beyond that it's kind of hard for me to judge i uh I liked how much it moved and how you know bold it was. It was uh, t- it was making some of the decisions it was making. There were some weird parts, like the fact that Kate Stewart is alone. I think you're right. It's like it's a little bit strange, and it could have probably been handled with like. And again, you you you're right. There was that line, but it's like if if she had said there are only six of us in the trust loop here. Yeah. So I we have to we have to do this. But I didn't get that sense because they also want to have soldiers running around blowing things up. And because no, they could they could have said like we've done air you know we've we've used the global you know uh, one centimeter footage to examine truth and cons or whatever we've examined the city yeah. and there's nothing moving there. So whatever happened, they've cleared out, and we don't even have any heat signatures from our unit uh, satell- spy satellites. And we sent it a drone. Like they could have put in, you know, this overlay, and they didn't do any of that. Yeah. So you, you got to kind of take it on faith. But it, yeah. it's, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where they go because I like, I, I like the 50th anniversary special, and I like the, uh, I like the Zygons, and I think Capaldi did a good job. I think, yeah, uh, Jenna Coleman did a good job, and when she turns out to be a Zygon, she gets to, to be a little more. Um, uh, it, she doesn't even come across entirely as evil. She comes across more, more. I mean, this is a fitting fake. She seems like fake Clara. She seems like really composed and professional mm-hmm. and cold. And I think they made might have even done her makeup a little bit different where she yeah. seems a little more perfect. Well, she walks out of the apartment and she puts her hair back suddenly, right? Yeah. She ties it back as she leaves the apartment. Yeah. And so I think that's a, I think, I think that's a good performance and maybe some other subtle things going on there to make her, you know, at that point we know that Clara is a pod person and, and it's not actually Clara. And I think that's interesting. So yeah, it's a, it's a whole, bu- a whole mess of stuff, some more effective than others, um, but a lot of uh, intriguing stuff. And then there's just the big question of, of uh, how, how are they going to pay it off? And that's the beauty is, is, uh, you know, next week that we've got these Zygon inversion which is part two so we'll find out i'm looking forward to it is it weird 
that this is all two-parters. Like, I know, I guess we were prepped for it, but it just seems, I don't know it's budget issues and whatever, but it doesn't, I don't feel like these have to be two-parters. I mean, they're building them out that way, but well, it is still kind of funny. Yeah, I, I think this one, and this is something I, I meant to I meant to say and, and didn't, is that I think one of the things about this episode is that it felt like they had too much stuff and they chucked that they chucked in here and it was overflowing which is always the fear with a two-parter is that part one especially is going to feel like filler because they know what the cliffhanger needs to be and they're stretching you to get there and then part two has everything in it and this felt overflowing in part one and I, i think that's good i like it when when this is a story that has so many different moving parts and so many ideas going on that it doesn't feel like you're you're sitting there waiting for something to happen and 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 in some of the other episodes this year there's been a little bit more of that but you know I would say, yeah, we can we can look at it and say, okay, there are some reasons, some some financial reasons why they probably do two parters because you know then you only have to build six, you know, ish sets mm-hmm. instead because Doctor <laughs> Who has to build new sets every time because it's traveling yes. from place to place, and uh, you could say that. I would also say though that Doctor Who. Uh, the classic series was always about the cliffhangers because they were 25-minute installments with multiple cliffhangers per story. No, you're totally right. I forget that. So the, just... I think that's part of it, too, is it's an homage to that. That's why there have been multi-part episodes throughout the, the history of the show from the very beginning is that is that you want to have that moment where there's the Doctor Who theme song and you're like, oh, what will happen? Because that happened. That was a core part of the Doctor Who experience in the classic era. And, uh, and so I think... Moffat likes to try on different hats, and a few years ago they did the like big the the high concept thing where they had the dinosaurs in the spaceship and they had the the robot cowboy and all of that stuff that robot they did. Robot cowboy, Come, he, it was. Um, they did they did all of those episodes, and that was like, well, what if we had a whole bunch of standalone big yeah, idea yeah. episodes? And now it's like, well, what if we had uh, two parters, but also it will save us on budget? I suspect that was the other part. Of it. Yeah, but, although that's the funny thing is this one was like they blew a lot of money. The last you know they yeah, had some well, a lot of CGI stuff in a few episodes. This one it's like, hey, we actually went places and did stuff. I feel like uh, yeah, that that's the advantage of doing this this way. Is that is that uh, uh, by having two episodes to double up on all the investments you're making, you can make everything look a little bit bigger, and it, it you know it didn't feel cheap to me, so that's that's good. Mm-hmm. All right, I, well, I next see. week is the Zygon Inversion, which is by Peter Harness and Stephen Moffat, another co byline, which is oh. interesting. Same director, same production block, um, and uh, that will that will be episode eight. So I'm looking forward to it. Glenn, thank you so much for joining me for the Doctor Who Flashcast. A pleasure. We didn't even remark this aired on Halloween and they're doing rubber-skinned monsters. I know. It's only right. <laughs> I, I wish they had had the Zygon masks out. I wish I had thought oh about gosh. it. I could have been a Zygon. Sucker face Zygon. So, yes, I've had some very nice adult Halloween beverages this evening before. That's as the, I would expect nothing else from a podcast. <laughs> exactly. um, thanks to everybody out there for listening to the Doctor Who Flashcast. We'll be back next week. Me and a guest to be determined. I, I, I normally would forward promote but i'm actually not sure who it will be uh next week uh and uh, glenn thanks again and goodbye everybody doctor who flashcast on the incomparable